calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbian shouts. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that only recently discovered electricity. <laughs> I cannot. Bing! That was a light bulb going. It's made podcasting so much easier, you can't even imagine. <laughs> Don't have to crank this mic. <laughs> from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And friends, we are really in the home stretch. The flame is coming out so soon. June 2nd. You need to be there. Make sure you subscribe. We're also doing listening parties on Zoom, so check our Eventbrite for tickets to those. We also want to remind you that we have our next event coming up this weekend. We will be at the LGBTQ Family and Influencers Summit that's being put on by the Pride and Joy Foundation. We are so excited. They have so many cool things lined up. So if you have not checked it out yet, make sure you look that up, and we'd love to see you there. And June is a very, very exciting time for us. We have Porch Pride in collaboration with Remo Pride on June 5th. And we were not kidding. We have some incredible guest announcements. All of these guests will be doing meet and greets for the charity of their choice. If you want to get a VIP ticket, you get early access to the meet and greets. Otherwise, you can get them whenever they come out. But without further ado, here are the meet and greets for Porch Pride. We have Vico Ortiz. We have Natasha Negavanlis. We have Maddie freaking Phillips. We have Devany Banyas, one of our favorite previous guests. And Two Mommies and a Baby will be there to host a queer parenting panel. It's going to be such a blast. So we cannot wait to see you all there. 
And we also have an after hours comedy show with Kai Choice and some other comedians who will be announced later. We also have even more trivia coming up. So if you had such a blast at our Teenage Bounty Hunters trivia that just happened, we are also going to be doing Pride trivia with Aeronaut Brewing. That's going to be coming up on June 24th. You do not want to miss it. In the greater Les universe, Lauren Morelli and Samira Wiley surprised us with a baby. Surprise! Kept that, that really under wraps. And <laughs> now we have this cute, <laughs> this beautiful queer baby and i'm just, so, just gonna go cry for a couple minutes i'm just it's gonna okay. cry it makes me so happy um <laughs> so congratulations to lauren and samira our good friends you know congrats we're so happy for you you. meanwhile this news makes me so happy which is that margot robbie so desperately keeps begging for them to make a uh movie with harley quinn that poison ivy is in and so we just want to say like yes that is thank you for fighting for the queer rep that we need on our screens um and please let us know who they are casting we are ready uh anytime anytime that you can make this happen margot robbie will be there Call my agent. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Marco. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode 19. We are almost at the end of the season. Season four, closing up soon. This is episode 19, the gay teen hundreds. <laughs> Oh my god, I've been waiting all season to talk about this, to be honest. Listen, listen, we had so much fun ranting about the cheating on your husband's trope that we just decided we wanted to do a whole other episode, like, just complaining for a while. Let's tackle this other trope. <laughs> to be fair, there are some good period pieces. We're going to be talking no, some great about ones. lesbian period pieces, and I think why some work and why some don't. And also why I'm over them. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's and not that we're I not going to have anything good again. to say. Some of these are fantastic and we love them. But we do want to talk about lesbian period pieces a little bit because go figure, we have some thoughts. I also would like to say, why are there not very many gay male period pieces? I mean, there are. I just feel like they're not... Like, I feel like gay, or sorry, Name gay em. male period pieces. Name no, em. you're right. You're right. There aren't. <laughs> I, was, I thought you said male. I like, I, I didn't even hear gay. I was like, there are like male period pieces. They're just all like, I'm a dirty, grimy Western hero with a hat and a six shooter on my hip and a horse named Joe. And we're going to clean this town up. Yeah. But like gay men don't really no, yeah, exist in these period pieces. In Look, Bridgerton- I'm going to say Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. I will say Bridgerton has some gay sure, stuff in it. Sure. And maybe I'm just not as well versed in gay male stuff. If there's more gay men period pieces. But like the list of lesbian period pieces that we have. Yeah. Also, did you put Tell It to the Bees on here? Add it. I didn't quite finish. So there's more. I I was just trying to give us at least like a, you know, introductory <sighs> list. There's so much. So let's talk. Let's first of all give our introductory list of if you're a listener and you watch lesbian films, you know lesbian period pieces exist and they exist in excess. But just to make sure we all know, let's talk about- Are you rapping for us again? Let's name- Yeah, should I do another rap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Carol, tipping the velvet. 
Fingersmith. Wait, Fingersmith also is like the best name for a film. The World Unseen, The Secret Diaries of Miss Ann Lister slash Gentleman Jack, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Ammonite, The Favorite, Colette, Dickinson slash Wild Nights with Emily, Fried Green Tomatoes, The World to Come, and Tell It to the Bees. And and here, you want to know why Tell It to the Bees isn't on here is because honestly, I made the list only with ones that I have seen or like vaguely know most of the story of. So there that's just so the many. ones there that's so just many. the ones that like I could think of, you know, that's the off the top of my head list of them. There's more. I know there's more because I looked up lists and there were a bunch on the list that I just haven't even seen yet. So like, many. it's uh... and to be fair, we've covered a lot of them as less essentials. We love Portrait of a Lady on Fire. We love Carol. We love the favorite. I could go without Ammonite. But <laughs> but I think, but Ammonite, let's start there. Because obviously, you know, part of the, the motivation also to finally do an episode on this is the SNL skit that they did recently. That SNL Kind of making fun of this whole thing. Sent me to my grave. Right? So for anyone who didn't see it, there's an SNL skit that was kind of all making fun of the tendency for Hollywood to produce many lesbian period pieces that can all sort of be summed up with the same ridiculous plot points. And to just have two straight actresses sharing furtive glances in a time that doesn't accept their love and, you know, it is... It is a thing. It is a thing. And so I think that that... That certainly, you can't ignore the fact that I think even more mainstream media is starting to notice. Like, it's not like we haven't known. Queer women have been aware of this trend for a while. But it feels like it's getting worse. Is it just me? I no, feel like it's getting worse. It like, is getting there's worse. more. It is getting worse. And I will say, the reason that it's getting worse is because, I swear to God, these straight directors, Ammonite, directed by a man, watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire and were like, Wow, the most incredibly beautiful, moving picture, which is true because, and they copied Portrait of a Lady on Fire, right? They took all the elements from Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but they took out the fact that, hey, it was written and directed by a queer woman. Right. You take out, you take out all of the gay behind the camera and suddenly it's a different movie. And suddenly it just feels different, right? And so that, I think, is my big issue with these is that they're like, okay, let's cast these super like famous straight actresses and like throw them in this thing. And it's also the fact that like they all copy the same formula. That's my biggest problem with specifically Ammonite and The World to Come, which were the two big ones that came out this year. To be fair, I fell asleep during The World to Come. I'm sorry. Like I know so many lesbians love these period pieces. And like And we do too. And, and that's we do fine. Too. Like if you are a person who like loves the longing, loves the glances, I get it. But I'm also just like personally I'm I'm just personally done with it. My girlfriend loves sad lesbian movies. Like yeah. every time Here's- we watch a lesbian movie, she's like hey, let's watch this. I love it. And she shows it to me and I'm like, you realize that's the most depressing film I've ever seen. Here's something that I think is funny is when you look at the the lesbian period piece formula, right? The formula could work, right? Yes. It's not like this is not a formula that exists in straight movies. Period pieces exist. Period pieces are a thing. There is a reason that these movies are popular. And I think part of the reason that they're popular is forbidden love works. Forbidden love is exciting, is 
angsty, is emotional, it makes you sad, and it pulls at your heartstrings, and, like, all of those things work, in principle, but here's the problem with the lesbian period piece. There's no happy endings, right? Like, usually, I get it, sometimes people are gonna want to watch your Romeo and Juliet and have the big angsty emotional movie that ends sadly and you cry and, and everything is terrible and it's a tragedy, but also, <laughs> sometimes, people want to watch that to see them get on a horse and ride off together and leave behind the shackles of the town they were in that wouldn't let them be together or the families that didn't understand their love sometimes you want that and you know what you never get when the lesbians that man they're not riding off on a horse together it's like the horse trampled one of them to death and then the other one is really sad and then the horse died and it was her favorite horse and now her lover and her horse are dead and then she like jumps off a cliff and you're like why why (laughs) i will say honorable mention to gentleman jack no yes Yes. For having a happy ending, for having an engagement. It's even even as I was saying it, that was in my head because it's. I feel like it's one of the few on this list that's gonna yes. that's gonna get like that happy. But I'm, I'm, I'm like scrolling scrolling through the rest of them real quick. Gentleman Jack, I think, and it's one of the reasons that to me, I loved Gentleman Jack. I loved it. That final scene of the two of them and they're getting married and only they know and they're and you get the same furtive glances and the same, the same forbidden love looks and the same forbidden love but they're so happy and her little top hat and her little jaunty stroll cuz she's so happy that she got married and you're just like, oh, "Thank you." <laughs> yes. Exactly. So like that that is the formula. The formula has mostly been no happy endings. However, you can do whatever the heck you want in a film. So how about give us more of those happy endings of Gentleman Jack? And I think the thing is too, like, I personally will harp on this till the day I die a sad lesbian death, because I guess that's how I'm going to die. But <laughs> when you get trampled to death when by I a horse, Ellie, I'll horse. remember you fondly. Yeah. <laughs> When I get cholera, I don't know. Like, I, I am not going to make it. But um, <laughs> but I'm fine with these films existing if we have the opposite. Yeah. Like, but we majority get these. And what freaking message does that send to queer viewers? Hey, you don't get a happy ending. I know we said this on the Clexicon panel that we had for The Flame, but it has wrecked me ever since. of lesbian films or TV shows end with a happy ending. 5%. Can you imagine if that statistic was true for straight movies? Like, can you imagine if every single straight movie was, like, a horrible, sad, depressing tragedy ending? Like... It would. It wouldn't. You wouldn't. People wouldn't go to see it for it. You know. And I think that's the thing is, it's just it's becoming more obvious. It's becoming more obvious because I think the thing is. We're, it feels like there's this huge trend right now of the same way that you've seen, you know, like Oscar fodder for years, that this mm-hmm. is the current, like, this is how you get your Oscar, man. You're Kill gonna, some we're gonna put some petticoats on you. You're gonna graze fingers with another A-list actress 
and maybe like a maybe one steamy kiss somewhere but mostly you're just you're gonna have like your your hair done badly and uh, some smudges on you know smudge some dirt on you and and there you go oscar season We've here got we an come oscar. yeah yeah and i'm just sick of it as a queer consumer of media i'm sick of it I'm sick of so many parts of it. I'm sick of the, I'm sick of that part of it. I'm sick of the trend where it just feels like it's Oscar bait, you know? I'm here for there being more lesbian movies. Like, that part of it I I enjoy. There are more being made, you know, in a general sense. The numbers are climbing. But then you look at them and so many of them are the same thing. And I'm like, listen, if I just wanted to watch a straight actress, you know, like, gaze across the room at another straight actress in 18 layers of petticoats like i can watch six other movies that are out right now like it's just i don't need this no one needs this yes (laughs) give me queer stories like give me queer people give me queer actors give me something different something new (laughs) something new and fresh let's talk about some of the period pieces that we like and why yes please oh my god Obviously, I mean, the problem is I love a lot of these. I love a lot of them. I mean, obviously, Carol was a big one. And that's the thing, yeah. too. Okay, like, I really just feel like it It almost cracks me up. Like, I'm envisioning all of these, like, big producers talking in this room. And they're like, oh, people loved Carol. Oh, let's make another Carol. And it's like, actually, how about just, like, leave us with Carol because it's such a great film. Like, you don't need to try to recreate Carol. Like, how about you give us something new, right? Or they're like, oh, oh. Oh, everyone loved Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Let's make it again. Oh, like the favorite was a big hit. Let's make another, uh, you know. So it just cracks me up to just think of all these people talking in this room about like the lesbians will love it. And to be fair, we see every freaking movie you give us. But like we we do. We support We're you. Suckers. Can you support us, please? But I but let's talk about what, like what works in Carol. What makes Carol different? Other than, I mean, the obvious answer Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, get it. <laughs> the obvious answer is we love Kate Blanchett. Put her in anything. You can't lose us. What makes Carol different in general is I do feel like we get more happiness. Because, like, some, I know it's not a happy yeah. ending, but I'm just saying, like, they do, like, have a, an interesting relationship. Like, they have moments of joy together, they have the whole thing in Waterloo. You know, like, there's definitely more, their relationship is more developed than some of these other ones that are just staring they, at each other. They also, okay, I mean, I have two things that I think make it work for me. One, they have fantastic chemistry. Chemistry. Right? And that is something that's hard because when you look at a lot of these, even even ones that have great actresses and that I love, like, sometimes it's just the chemistry isn't there for you. And you're like, I, your acting is fantastic. I do not buy that you are actually that invested in the romance that I'm yes. supposed to buy from you, you know? And that's hard. It just kind of... If you, especially when it's like a forbidden love thing and it really has to happen, like, it has to happen in a split second glance, a touch of a finger. Like, if it's not there, it's not there. It's not and there. it just, the whole movie falls flat after that. So Carol, man, they have, they have just such great chemistry. chemistry. Like, such good chemistry. And that's that will go a long way to saving a movie, right? The other thing that I will say about Carol that I think works for me that is not true of all of these. It is true for some of the other ones, and it's something else that I that I think would work for General Jack for me, is sometimes there is something really fun and satisfying about a period piece with, like, a very confident 
queer character. Yes. Because like, Carol, Carol is, Carol has an is ex. ballsy. Yeah. Like, Carol, Carol is an established is like, queer. Established queer who is, like, has no qualms being like, oh, why don't you come by my house? Oh, why don't we take a weekend away together? Oh, why don't we just, I'll take these clothes off you and let's get in bed. I mean, like, she is laying it on thick. <laughs> and that's fun. It's, you know, Gentleman Jack hits the same note for me, where I'm like, it is fun watching Ann Lister saunter her way around fucking town, just, like, slapping men left and right and, like, hitting on every woman she comes across. Yes. Well, th- that's <laughs> great. That, yes. <laughs> I think for me, you're, you really hit the nail on the head, and I didn't even realize it until now. I can't stand the two timid queers together. Yes. Where I'm like, okay, at least give me one me. who's confident. At least give me one who, like, knows this is what she wants, rather than, like, they're both, like, feeling each other out. Like, Carol from the beginning, she's like, I like you. <laughs> Be my wife. You're Be like, what? my wife. Let's take a weekend trip together. Yeah. It, yeah. It, agreed, agreed. It works, right? Agreed. Like, it, it works. So, yeah, that's definitely the same about Gentleman Jack. Another thing that works that we talked about before that doesn't happen in enough of these is queer actors. Yeah. Portrait of a Lady on Fire works because the actors – only one of – is one of them queer and one of them isn't? Yeah, one of them is. But one of them is, one of them isn't. But still, chemistry, like you said – Queer actors, queer director. You have, like, the queer experience somewhere in there. It feels more authentic, even though it's, like, not a time period we really can understand fully. But, like, we understand it because... Well, and it's... The thing that's funny to me is it's so... It's interesting. Portrait of a Lady Fire is interesting to me because you just finished saying how it's, like, too timid queers doesn't work. But at the same time... Portrait of Lady on Fire almost is that, and yet it's not, right? Yes. Because here's the thing. When you have a queer person playing that kind of a role, here's what they are able to capture for you that works in a way that it sometimes doesn't with straight actors, is the experience of being a timid acting person who you can tell kind of knows more than they're letting on that they know, you know? Like, you can tell that this is not the first time in her head that she's like, a woman? What? Like, no, she's like, oh, a woman. Again. This again? (laughs) (laughs) But this woman might be interested. Better take this slowly and carefully and play my cards right. Right? And it's that kind of timid. Yes. It's, like, literally in her head from the first moment she met her, she's like, we're going to hook up, but, like, yes, I'll let her make the moves. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it. the, it's the type of timid move that is, like, I can see where this can go, and I'm just going to be careful and see if I can get it there, you know? Like, I get the impression watching Portrait of a Lady on Fire that you're, like, this probably isn't the first time that either one of them have, like, tried for this. Oh, no. And they're like, and they're oh, being this very careful. You're like, this and they're, time and I'll succeed. Yeah, they're saying all the right carefully coded things and they're looking all the right carefully coded ways and the gazes are lingering that fraction of a second too long. And you can see they're both timid, but they're both doing the like, is yep. it? Uh, you're looking back. <laughs> and that works. And that's the kind of thing that like you can tell sometimes when there's just that little queer sprinkle of realism in it you know it's like when that you're, you're like, like you get a, it yeah. you get what this needs to look like 
when you're out at a lesbian bar and there's a girl in the corner who's like looking at you and smiling, but she's like, I'm not going to come over to you. That's what that is. Yeah. It's the gay panic timid. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's not that's the straight actor. Timid. Different. Yeah. Like it's a very different feel it feels different when you watch it and that's why and you can make it work without it I mean obviously like it's not a requirement that they be queer to sell that you know but it's why I think the difference is like Gentleman Jack is not that because Ann Lister's not timid when she's doing it no you know you know you know she knows and she knows what she's going for and she's just going for the kill and she just shoots her shot no matter what and and tries we to get it we love that about her and we do love that about her. Oh, God, I miss Gentleman Jack really bad right now. I know, when's it coming back? When is it coming back? <laughs> but that same theme is also in The Favorite, which is why, yeah. like, Rachel Weiss is like, honestly, all of them, right? Literally all three of them are actually super confident. And so you're just like, this is a film that has strong female characters. Also, I'm like, as a, not even as a lesbian, right? Like, that's why I feel like when men write these freaking lesbian pieces, they give us, like, mediocre, tepid female characters. Yeah. They're like, oh, these female characters are so shy and feminine and blah, blah, blah. Or, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm just, it's just because of Ammonite. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> or, like, completely, like, I can't even with, with Mary Anning. She's just like, or just completely, like, I have no personality. And you're yeah. just like, why are we doing this again? Uh, yeah, the very like spinstery lesbian archetype. That I, just, I feel I'm like that's when I'm, I'm just over. It. I'm just over it, you know? And that's, it's, so you brought up the favorite and let's talk about the favorite a little bit because the favorite's interesting to me too because I do like it and it fails a lot of the things that we just talked about for me. Straight actors, straight everything. Straight everything and like straight everything in a way that I don't find the chemistry totally convincing in it. Mm. And what's funny is part of the reason that it actually still works for me and I still love the movie is that it almost doesn't matter if they're gay. Because <laughs> well, they're doesn't. not in it for love. Nobody's doing this for love. They're all in it for the power. And I buy them being attracted to the power, you know? Yes. So I'm like, in terms of what you need to sell me on, it's the right thing. When you When you watch that performance, the only person who I think like, really sells me on, like, legitimate emotional feelings is Rachel Weisz, right? Mm. The rest of it, like... Oh, no, I'm not like, oh, yes, I really want them to sleep with each other in this film. Like, I'm not like, oh, the the fire between these characters. I agree. It's like, like I said, it's just, like, powerful women. Yeah, because like there's not. Topping there's each not, other. You know? <laughs> like, they're just continuously topping each other with their power. <laughs> they're just topping each other with their power. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just, that took me out a little bit. As much as I love Emma Stone, and I do love Emma Stone, I don't buy her as in any way actually attracted to oh, or no. in love with the queen in this, like, But she's all. not, her character isn't either. But she's not, and yeah. she doesn't need to be for it to work, you know? And so that's a huge, that's a huge thing that, that like, the setting kind of makes it unnecessary because I feel like if the favorite was a movie that needed to work 
on the chemistry of the romance, it would have fallen flat for me, you know? And it works for so many other things. And it works for, like, the chaos of all of the performances in it. Because they're fantastic performances. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not that they're not acting well. They're great acting performances. They're just not really gay. <laughs> they're just... Yeah, they're just... They're gay for pay but gay for they're, gay well, for and they're, yeah. yeah like but even in the story you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Even no, in I, the, i'm the, saying the characters are literally gay yeah for pay. <laughs> they're gay for they pay. literally are it's meta gay for they're pay at, oh they're gay man. for pay playing gay for pay hey gays we heard you like gay for pay so we put some gay for pay in your gay for pay yeah <laughs> like literally it doesn't even sound like a word anymore <laughs> it's not but it's so real it is it is like meta levels of gay for pay in that movie yeah yes that's there is that but it still works for me and i still love it you know but it's also it is another one of those movies where like everybody's kind of sad at the end of it you know nobody's yeah, it, happy it's it does not give us a happy ending that's for sure no no, not at there's, all. There's no happy ending. No you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. The endings to be had in there. I would love to see, as we're talking about, okay, sick of period pieces, blah, blah, blah. But I would love to see more period pieces with happy endings. Like, mm. you can recreate, like, I was like, don't recreate Carol. It's perfect as it is. But, like, give us, or also more playful stuff. We haven't even talked about Dickinson. Like, yeah. I love. Ugh, Dickinson. Dickinson's a period piece that's, like, yeah. fun and, like, full it's of so life. Fun. Like, why, why do all these period pieces have to be, like, I'm staring into the ocean and I'm so depressed. Like, you know, we weren't there. We have no clue what these time periods were actually like. Like, besides yeah. what we hear about in history books and stuff like that, right? But, like, 
how are you going to just assume that like just because people lived a long time ago, like they had no joy? Like I feel like we throw yeah. this in of like, oh, or they lived comedy. a long time ago. They never laughed. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that kills me, and that's it's funny. I had a conversation with Kelsey when we started watching Dickinson because Dickinson is fascinating to me just as a show, right? Because I feel like if you described Dickinson to me at face value, I would say, eh, I don't know if that would be my thing. And it works flawlessly. Mm-hmm. It is so well done. It is so perfect. The way that they write their dialogue, the way that they act it, it just works so, so well. well because it is so like it's so incongruous how they're how they're doing it, right? That you just have this very heavy period piece setting with totally modern day speech patterns. Yes. Right? And the way that none of them ever ever act like it's weird like there is no acknowledgement to it it's not like it's just the kids talking all hip and the parents being out of touch or the anything like the way that it is just everybody talks like this it is a perfectly normal thing there's no mention like nobody ever pays any attention to it it's just part of the setting and what i think works really well about it is that realistically like i know we have books we have records we have newspapers we have things we have all sorts of examples of how people spoke at the time but we look at it now as this super old-fashioned old-timey way of speaking and at the time it wasn't, wasn't you know it's the same way that we look back now on like oh my god when people in the 60s used to talk about stuff and like it sounds so dated now yeah but, but of course it didn't it at the wasn't time then. so that's like wasn't that's sort of then. my point right of like we are looking at it from yes. the future being like wow they must oh they're boring they're like sad blah 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 like what if they actually were having a freaking blast like why not and what if they were funny and witty and clever and like we know they were. It's not like everybody walking around was just like a total piece of just toast. like dry, yes, like dry drudge, just nothing. Like people were funny. People were had slang. Kids had hip things that they said to each other. You know, and like it is. There is something that just works so well about like all I can think right now is there's I feel like there's one I want to say it's probably Emily who says I think she says it to Austin I just I'm picturing this scene where she's like walking past her brother and it's just like eat shit Austin (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like look you expect me to believe that siblings in the early 19th century like were not talking to each other like that of course they were they just had different ways of saying it yeah yeah, yeah. that they would have used at the time but like but the spirit of it is now you see them say it and you're like yeah i get that (laughs) yeah that makes sense you know like watching god like watching or like that whole the whole scene where they're like all on drugs too they have like this like drug-fueled high school party right oh my god and i'm like that happened like maybe that exact scene did not happen to emily dickinson but like don't right with with like modern day like pop r&b stuff like don't (laughs) act like these people didn't party yes like they had parties that were actually fun and cool like it's like 
why I think Bridgerton is so popular. Like we've talked about it on a should have been gay. Like we won't talk about it as a lesbian period piece. But because like, how are you going to tell me they have these huge lavish parties that were so boring? (laughs) Everyone just sat around sipping their tea and appearing perfectly, perfectly uh, composed and and presentable. And yeah. Even the people who, like, didn't live in these, like, lavish big cities, right? Like, even when you're talking about, like, something like The World to Come or, like, I don't know, just, like, any of these ones or an Ammonite, like, to act like these people, like, didn't have any, like, jokes with each other. They were constantly just, like, serious. Like, just doesn't feel right to me. No, it doesn't because it's not immersive in the way that it is, you know? Like, that's the thing is it's, like, when you picture so many of these things and you know you have oh how droll this silly story you've relayed to us like no it just it's not it you're not in it you're not in the moment you are experiencing it through the lens of many 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 decades of separation we're like then and i'm like people have probably always been the same I think people have always been the same. And it's just, it's, it surprised me when I always first... been sad <laughs> and <laughs> staring at each other from across the room, I guess. I mean, look, to be fair, go to a lesbian bar and tell me that that's not the same. <laughs> oh my God. That, that would even be a funnier sketch. Like I love the SNL sketch they did. Right. But like an even more hilarious sketch would be to take every activity that happens in a period piece and just throw it in a lesbian bar. <laughs> Just like, modern day lesbians at a at a piano bar, like yeah. teaching each other how to play uh, a song on the piano. Exactly, yeah. like literally <laughs> teaching each other how to play a song on the piano because that happens often. Just two lesbians going on a first date at a coffee shop, just sipping, sipping, and then staring at each other and then looking away really fast. <laughs> yes, just like two like, girls we haven't at, really two, changed. Two girls at the bar who like accidentally pinky touch and they're like, sorry. <laughs> Yes, that's, but here's the thing, but give us that. Yeah. But give us that. And you know why? Because here's the only difference, really, here's the only difference between period piece lesbians and modern day lesbians. The modern day lesbians might have a happy ending. Yeah. They might fuck. They might. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, they do. No, they, I know they do. But but even then, it's still like, I don't know. It's not satisfying. Let's talk about, okay, let's talk about our sex Let's talk about, let's rank our sex scenes in all of these. What, (laughs) are there any, what's your highest, like, what's the best sex scene for you in any of these? Oh, wow. That's, um, that's such a good question. Uh, I still haven't seen Ammonite and I know that's up there on your list. So it's not like it's the best sex scene. It's just like the fact that we barely get sex scenes. It's like the most graphic lesbian sex scene I've seen outside of the L word in this random period piece so it just really took me off guard oh boy i think i'm torn between portrait and carol i don't know yeah they're they're very different from each other i mean in the sex scene in portrait of a lady on fire for me leaves something to be desired because they both do for me that's the thing i know they both do a little bit for me yeah because like the carol i i think is a little you see a little more of it, but at the same time, it's, like, very artsy to me still. Yes. You know? It's beautiful. It's beautifully done, but... That's the thing. Like, also, all... 
<laughs> this is setting such an well I'm like not an unrealistic look, expectation look, I'm like okay <laughs> duh I was like is it unrealistic and then I'm thinking about it I'm like actually no I'm like lesbians like every time you have lesbian tell me more sex, Ellie tell me more every time you have lesbian sex it's supposed to be like an art piece like if if I don't have like yeah we art- always get our lighting just yeah, right yeah like if I don't have know? artistic sex like am I gonna be disappointed I want to make sure the shadows are pleasing to the eye yeah um like, <laughs> if it's not like completely we like, try to maintain a color palette that's cohesive like no yeah. it's yeah I think here's the thing if you're gonna ask me do any of the ones on this list compare to like the Generation Q thruple sex scene no. Oh my god, also, this is sort of a random aside, but just like, lesbians, no lesbians. My friend Maya is an intimacy choreographer, and she's having coffee with the intimacy choreographer who did the Generation the Q scene? thruple scene. Oh my god, can and we like I send talk- them flowers or something? I, I want to send a box her, of chocolates. Like, like, let me buy you a bottle of wine. <laughs> like, I'm like, we want to treat you for treating all of us. Right? Know? I'm like, you are? What the a fact gift. that I'm one degree of separation away from this intimacy choreographer who I admire just so much. Your work is yes. impeccable. Like, look, I bet really that's the kind me. of job where you don't get a lot of like overt appreciation all the time. And like, we appreciate you. you. We appreciate you. <laughs> we appreciate you. It was great. So that's the problem. Is like, are any of these going to stack up to that for me? No. No, not really. No. I mean, some of them are great, and I love them, and they're beautiful movies, and I will watch them over and over again. It's just, eh, they're fine. Yes. They're fine. I just really want a happy, like, I just really want a movie with a happy ending I can watch over and over again. I watched, rewatched Debs the other day, and I was so happy. Oh, God, I love Debs so much. I could just watch Debs. I, all of those things, you know where there's been so many things on Twitter lately where they're like, if you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, like, what would it be? And honestly, some every time I see those, one of the first things that pops into my mind is Debs. I'm like, I could just watch Debs all the time, and it just makes me happy. It's just, yeah, it's it just, just pure It joy. makes me so happy. And we don't have a lot of those, you know? Yeah. It's just Great. happy start to finish. I love it so much. But that's not what we're here see, to See, and that's about. the thing. And watching, watching the almost non-existent sex scene in Debs for me... Still, I would pick over a lot of these. Because here's the problem. You look at things like the favorite, the favorite just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, no, (laughs) not. sex scenes in it. Because I don't, like, because none of them are actually into each other. And so you're just like, eh. Yes. eh, Okay. I would say I haven't gotten to the real sex scene in Dickinson yet. I like the season one sex scene just because I always enjoy a period piece. <laughs> such a weird thing to say. I love a period piece where they like show women going down on each other because oh, I yeah. feel like frequently it's a lot of like we're just rubbing bodies we're just holding each together. other. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're, like you're basically just like glorified hugging and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so I liked that Dickinson like right out the gate was just kind of like and there she goes and you're like okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Agreed. Look at you. You go Sue. I mean, sure. She knows what she's so doing. So I liked that. The the Gentleman Jack ones, I think, are fun. They're just not, you know. I yeah. think they're going for a different, different thing vibe, different with vibe. them. But yes, the big issue that I have with these period pieces is just like the furtive glances that never turn yeah. into sex. But tell me, because I know you've talked so much about the Ammonite one, and I know you love the Ammonite sex scene. What is it that works the most okay, for you what in works, it? Okay, what works? I was saying it's just so graphic. It literally is Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> it's just Saoirse Ronan sitting on Kate Winslet's face and you like you see her just like <laughs> sitting on her face and going for it so it's just like 
<laughs> the most graphic, like, you know, what I mean? like, as you're like, I love yeah. someone going down on someone. It yeah. wasn't her going down on someone. She literally. It's also she, a position you don't see a lot. Yeah, I'll you don't really get to see that. You very don't often. see that. So it it took me by surprise. <laughs> I was like, she's really like, she's taking control, and she is on her face, and she's going for it. So that's what I liked about it. The Excellent. sitting. The sitting. <laughs> you're the, like, I really dug the face sitting. Well, it's for just me. like you're. It's, like, wait, 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 Ellie. Give us a face. good. It's the face sitting. It's the face for sitting me. for me. But I do, I love an active sex scene. I feel like we need that as a quote graphic for this week. (laughs) It's the face sitting for me that's going on. Um, Sorry, mom, but it's You're welcome, Instagram. But yes, like you're saying, it's like the active acts of sex happening on screen rather than the the hugging and and the the covers move and you have no clue what's going on. So that was like, oh, okay. That's happening. I'm trying to remember the sex scene in Colette. I feel I like know. it wasn't bad. I think right? it was good, but I can't remember I think remember it was it. good. I might Sorry. be biased just because I love Keira Knightley. So. <laughs> I feel like I don't remember it being bad. That's Is that just me? I don't no, know. I just can't remember I'll have to it. watch that. I should have rewatched all the sex scenes for all of these before it just, we Let's just do a compilation. Well, it wouldn't be a lot of sex. It'd just be like... I know. And It would and just scene. be a lot of shadows and sheets. And scene and scene and scene. Sheets and shadows and 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 shoulder blades. You get a lot of the uh, artful shoulder and shoulder blade. I do love a good back. The trace of a thigh. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we get a lot of backs. We do get a lot of backs. I think that that is like stuck with me subconsciously. I'm like, oh, I love women's backs. I don't know why. Now, yeah. Well, because here's and so let's (laughs) let's take a. Let's take a detour into sex scenes for a second, because here's what I think is funny is I'm trying to think of so many, like, what would I compare these two for, like, the straight movie equivalent of these sex scenes? And I feel like for straight sex scenes, like, sometimes they almost don't even have to do anything, right? Because they're just like, just vague thrusting motions is enough. And when you can't do that, it's really funny to watch the alternatives that they come up with oh yeah because they're just like okay well we're doing lesbian thrusting now yeah like like, you can't really show that very well or if you can it's almost you're like i don't know and so instead you just end up with these like i'm just going to be grabbing your uh, your back i'm just Mm. pulling you close and you're like but that's i know not with both hands? Oh, okay. Yeah, what's there's nothing's <laughs> so, happening with the other hand. So you're doing nothing right now, I guess. Okay. Uh, who is doing? Uh, no, you both your hands are there. To, okay. Yep. I know. Uh, grabbing backs, grabbing arms, grabbing thighs, grabbing nothing yeah, else. Grabbing nothing else. So, eh, it's fine. So yes, lesbian sex scenes in the gay teen hundreds quite disappointing, and I really think in real life. If any of these lesbians were alive right now, like, I mean, they'd be very old, but they'd be like, you, f- <laughs> you, f- you fucked it up. They'd be like, that's not what we did. <laughs> if Mary Anning was alive. Mary Anning's like, well, actually, Mary Anning, Mary Anning would be like, oh, yeah, she did sit on my face that one time. I do remember that. Uh, but, the the rant but- she would give about... <laughs> She's like, God, you, you know who I bet she's like, would, I was though? so much better at sex than you portrayed me as. 
Can't you imagine Ann Lister? I bet Ann Lister was like a fucking demon in the sack. Like, I oh, bet yeah. she would watch some of these things and be like, fuck you guys. I was better than that. Exactly. She'd be like, you didn't even put that move in. That was my <laughs> signature. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm dying. I'm just I'm trying to figure out how we got on to say Mary Anning and Ann Lister were alive today to tell us their signature sex moves. <laughs> They'd be pissed. Would it be face sitting? Yes or no? Amazing. 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 I'm so glad we started a podcast. <laughs> Me too. So we could talk about these things. So we're like about- both crying right now. It's fine. <laughs> so I think that's enough of the sex scenes for now. <laughs> We have uh, talked about the sex scenes for longer than lesbian sex scenes exist in these pieces. <laughs> I mean, 1000% yes. So let's talk about another issue that we have with these movies, which I'm going to call hashtag lesbian movies so white. So white. So white. It's just, here's the here's the other issue with period pieces, because it's a problem with period pieces in general, right? And again, we, we talked about this with Bridgerton a little bit as well, that it's refreshing sometimes to see a period piece with anybody who is not white. But it's such, it's such a trap that so many of these fall into as well, which is... As soon as you get into the period pieces, everyone is like, well, black people were discovered until 1948. And you're like, I don't, I don't think that's the case, actually. They, there were people who were not white uh, through most of the history of the world. It's always, it's always been like that. All of history. (laughs) All of the history of the world. There have been people of color in existence and you sure don't see them in any of these movies no so i feel like that's you know the world unseen is is one of the ones that sticks out here for that as just having actual people of color who are acting and writing in the movie and it's just huh yeah there's not a lot of the rest of these that you can say that about i'm like i'm trying to figure out if there's any others on this list i don't think that there are i mean and if there are let us know but yeah i mean that's a huge problem i mean that's a huge problem with lesbian movies in general Mm -hmm. right and so if you were gonna say most of these are before 1950 then people have an excuse not a valid excuse but like people who are making the films are going to be like, oh, well, we had to do it this way. I keep doing quotation marks. You can't see the quotation marks. We had to do it this way. And so we're never going to get the representation, like the actual diversity of representation that we should be getting in our queer rep. It is exhausting. It's exhausting and it's exhausting because you're just like, it's 2021. Just just do better. better. Do better. Just do better. Just... It's not like this is a new thing. This is not a a realization that people suddenly had of like, wait a second, black people were alive then too. Like, no, this has been for a long time being pointed out that like, this was not a thing. This was not an all white homogenous time period. Like, it's it's not historically accurate even. And it's just, it's another thing that's really depressing because, you know, Again, as this becomes so much more common that, again, the amount of queer rep that is just all white is, it's a lot. 
it's excessive and it's unnecessary and it's and it feels like it's not going to change if they just keep making these movies because they are it is just such a problem to get any hollywood thing to make anything but an all-white period piece and we don't want them we We're done with i'm them. a little over it you We're know done with them. i'm a little over it so yes agreed i would i would love to see i would love to see uh either like even if you're gonna do a period piece like give us a period piece with black leads or a- anything you know like because even i'm i'm thinking like dickinson i know they have they have a decent number of black people in the cast, but even then, like, it's still, it's hard because it's just, well, they're all supporting and they're all kind of like, I mean, they're not slaves because they're in Massachusetts and they didn't have slaves and they're all, they're like working with them, but they're still, you know, there's kind of that stratification of where they fall in the social ladder, you know, that they still can't kind of get past. And so, yeah, they don't have the same types of storylines they don't have the same place in like you know the same relevance in the cast and a lot of things so yeah it's just there's not there's just not much you can say about it um they're very white and we're tired of it please do better yes and additionally they're very white and they also even though they are about women tend to center around men yeah so I mean, we, it's hard because, again, it's like you're putting it, it's in this time period where the same problem that you have with you can't have happy endings, you know, is like you're casting everything into this time period where, like, society only cared about men. Therefore, they don't care about these two lesbians and they sure as hell don't care to, to let them be together. No. No. And it's frequently, it's like the women have no agency in their own stories because everything is dependent on their father's whims or wishes or their husband's whims and wishes or the man that they're being married off to or the, you know, it's just, I mean, it's all who's the man who is holding them back from their forbidden love. And you're like, okay. I don't care about them. I don't want them. All the men, I I guess. Every man. Every man in society. (laughs) But yeah, I don't care about them so much. We barely even need to talk about them. But it is important. Why are men? Um, It is important to talk about because it's a big part of why lesbian period pieces have similar tropes. And it's just, it's so funny because it's like, look, like, ask most lesbians, queer women. We spend so little time in our life focused entirely on men, you know? I don't know the last time I've spoken to a man. I'm just kidding. I like I have a brother, but like that's not that's outside of my family. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. No, I'm no, I do have friends. I'm like I do have male friends, but still, sometimes I forget. I this is a total tangent. I went to New York to visit some friends. I'm fully vaccinated, ready to go and have a good time. I took the train for the first time in a really long time, and I know that all sounds very anxiety pr- provoking. But I forgot that men would hit on me. (laughs) I literally forgot. I got on this train. I looked this man in the eyes because like we just, he was walking near me. And my first instinct was like, oh, a new person. Smile. Shouldn't, I mean, smile with my eyes. You couldn't see my mouth. But I smiled at him and I was like, damn, I forgot that that's an invitation for a man, it's not an invitation, but it's it's been such a it's chill been such year a on that long, front. Yeah, it's been such a great year for me to like 
not be in public and only be around queer women when I ever yeah. went in public that I literally forgot that men exist and that men, if they see you, will try to hit on you. I forgot. So it was a great, really lovely time on the train. Welcome back, world. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks. We hate it. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> God damn it, men. Yeah, so that was fun. But yes, we don't need them in our period pieces. We just don't. We really don't. I just... It's so, it's just tiring. It's again, it's it's the same thing. It's just tiring to see over and over again because you watch these movies and it creates this impression that lesbian lives, queer women's lives just revolve around men and and they, they don't. don't. They, they, they don't. They really don't. Listen straight, listeners. They don't. They don't. <laughs> they really just, you know are kind of a, a afterthought most of the time. I mean... Yep. Nothing against you all, men, even though I, no. you know... Even though I was like, damn it, men. But just <laughs> not a part of my life, really, that often. At least in a romantic way. Good friends, but that's it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's... So let's... To, to wrap up, let's discuss... How do we feel? About- have we reached our conclusion? Yeah. We've tied this all in a pretty little knot, How I do think. we feel yeah. about period pieces? Um, look, some of them are great. Some of them are okay. Overall, please stop making them and and make us some, you know, fun, happy, modern movies with, like, queer people of diverse ethnicities and races and backgrounds and um, stories that don't center men and that occasionally can have a happy ending and, like, maybe hire the intimacy person from the generation Bell, we're generation Q <laughs> to do all of the movies please and thank please, you please, i yes. think that's the i think that's the that's wrap the up, bow right that's the bow yeah what's their name hire them we want them hire them hire them they're they're great <sighs> it's time let's do our q and gay i'm ready oh my god okay are you ready because i'm excited for these q q q and gay okay question one ellie what's your favorite lesbian period piece out of the following four choices, A, Carol, B, Gentleman Jack, C, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, or D, Dickinson. I have to go with D, Dickinson. I just, I, I want something lighthearted. I'm, I'm much more of a fan of a comedy. I think all those other films, actually, I would say Dickinson or Gentleman Jack. Honestly, all amazing films and TV shows, but I'm going to go with Dickinson. A good answer. All right, question number two. How would you die in a lesbian period piece? A, consumption, B, cholera, C, childbirth, or D, rheumatism? Oh, you know, so many good choices here. It's just a really tough call. I'm going to go with, I'll go with C, childbirth, you know? Because, mm, like, let's be real. If I hadn't had an epidural, I mean, I'm not going to promise I would have made it. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm glad you caught an epidural. <laughs> it was great. I can't recommend it enough. Just a good time. Question three. What's your favorite period piece flirting move? A, a furtive glance. B, a well-timed gasp. C, suggestive language. Or D, some lingering finger grazes. <sighs> okay, for me, it's between C and D. I really love a finger graze. Like, it always gets me. But I think, think I'm going to go with C because I like the, like, wittiness of the suggestive language. <laughs> There's some – you can really do some interesting things if you actually, you know, are going to try to do it well and have this, like, 
flirty lesbian peer reviews. I, I'm going to put Ann Lister up there on the, oh, yeah. like, Gentleman Jack gets some high marks for high the mark. suggestive language. Question number four. Which period piece has the best sex scene? A, Carol, B, Ammonite, C, Colette, or D, Gentleman Jack? Um, well, look, I haven't even seen it. Fire. I haven't even seen it, but I feel like I have to pick Ammonite now because like, I'm the sold. sitting on the I'm face. Sold. I'll look it up. I'll just, just watch you it, know. please. Watch okay. it. Okay. And question five, Ellie, which era would you want to live in? A, the 1700s, B, the 1800s, C, the 1920s, or D, the 1950s? I know, like, we you know, the a, only options. Yeah, for the lesbians. only options for eras, but for yeah. the for lesbians, yeah. I feel like I'm just gonna go with the 1950s because it's the closest to now. Even though you're I, like, like, they had cars and yeah, like, you know, phones, just a lot of a lot of stuff going. I feel for like it. I can <laughs> figure out how to be slightly independent from a man in the 50s, slightly. Yeah, you know. You're not looking for, like, a chamber pot era. I get it. Yeah. Just That's not fine. for me. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Let me hear you say hip, 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 we're gay. We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. So we just like to shout out some of our favorite things that we've heard from our listeners every episode. And this week, we want to shout out someone who reached out through our website to let us know. They listened to the Elena Undone episode, and they wanted to let us know about a YouTube video that you, fair listeners, can all go on and and find for yourselves. It is called The Real Premiere, R-E-E-L, of Elena Undone, and it is footage from the after party of the Elena Undone premiere back in 2010, and it is... (sighs) a joy what a gay joy to watch just queer fun it's making me so um nostalgic for like leaving my house and seeing other humans and especially being in a space just chock full of super queer people it looked like a blast and thank you so much danny for telling us about it because that just made us so happy (laughs) it completely made my night i need a gay party and we need it now (laughs) I wish I was at that Elena Undone party, but we can make up for lost time, my friends. Accurate. As always, we want to thank our lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Jacqueline Rosnishino, Saren Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, Tara Gleason, and Lizette Stye. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Jen, and Evelyn Smith. Thank you all so much. We could not do this show without you, and we really, really appreciate your support. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Flame On any podcasting app, you just look up The Flame Podcast Musical and it will show up. We are so close to release. We also still have videos going up on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to make sure you don't miss those. If you want to support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to rate and review us on iTunes. We love hearing what you have to say. You can support us financially by joining our Patreon. You can find it at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have so many cool perks. You can join our Discord chat for our patrons. We have so much fun in there. We have watch parties for our Lessentials viewings and all sorts of good stuff. So don't miss out. And we also have 
a Patreon specifically for The Flame that helps support that project and also helps us maybe make more musicals down the line if you enjoy this Yay. one. You can find that at bit.ly slash The Flame Patreon. If you want some Les Hangout merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash Les Shop. It is the perfect time to get your Porch Pride gear or to get your Pride gear in general. Our entire shop is just a Pride shop. So <laughs> get your gayest designs at bit.ly slash Les Shop. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.